Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. In a month of standout fixtures, the big one is finally upon us. Jurgen and Pep have taken the rivalry between Manchester City and Liverpool to new heights and Sunday showdown needs no hyping but we'll do that for the next half hour that plus reflections on a solid Champions League win over Benfica I'm Steve Hothersall in the company of the Athletics Ollie Kay and Gareth Roberts from the Anfield Wrap uh, Ollie, welcome along are we witnessing football greatness the likes of we've, we've never seen before from Liverpool and Man City I would say so, yeah. I mean, you know, people, and, and, and normally people like me will, will point to how we've had great teams in the past and the Manchester United-Arsenal rivalry of the sort of turn of the century, which was over, you know, I guess, sort of longer period, sort of six, seven years, the great Chelsea teams that have been. But, I mean, you just look at the results, the consistency, the, the sort of jaw-dropping consistency. We, I, I wrote an article on The Athletic, which is up today, in which I've mentioned, you know, the number of points both teams have racked up, and it's totally unprecedented. They're basically sort of averaging ninety-point seasons over over the course of a what is now nearly four years for Liverpool, nearly five years for Man City. It's incredible consistency. It's absolutely leaving the rest behind. We can talk about reasons why teams get more points now than they did before, and I think there are there are reasons that are, you know. It's probably another conversation entirely, but the level that they've reached is is amazing. The results are amazing, and you just look at them with your eyes as well. You don't need to look at the data. You look at them with your eyes. You look at the performances of those two two teams, and they're amazing. And one of them isn't going to win the Premier League, and that's, uh, it feels like eighteen nineteen again, where both teams feel, feel good enough to win the league easily, but they're not letting each other. We're being treated to something special, Gareth, and obviously Ollie just referred there to to eighteen nineteen and that remarkable run in where Liverpool effectively lost it by eleven millimeters, which is quite hard to shake off still, isn't it, Gareth? Yeah, it is. It is indeed, and and that's the sort of that's the distance between the two sides, really, isn't it? You know, it is proper. I know it's a cliche to use this phrase. I've used it a lot this week, uh, but there's you know there's a cigarette paper between the two sides, isn't there? And and who knows how it's going to go at the weekend? It could it could go any way. I think you know people are making City marginal favourites, but you know Liverpool will know that they've clawed it back from what fourteen points behind to being right on the tails and even going top of the table briefly last weekend. So. You know, will that be in City's heads? Will Liverpool be going there almost telling themselves, well, the pressure's off. We haven't thrown this league away. We've come back from the dead and made it alive again. And so, you know, it is what it is. Like, I, I think the psychology of, of both sides, how they've been discussing this race and, and the situation, the managers, the players, everything has been really interesting because in any other era, you know, one of those two sides against normal sides, if you like, is dominating and the winning year after year. And, 
but but they're keeping each other keen. That you know, one one wins, the other one doesn't type of thing. And obviously, City have won more than Liverpool, and Liverpool want to put that right. But I, I think it's a it's the credit of both of them that that they keep going and they keep producing this level. And I know there's a there's there's more of a sinister story if that's the right word around City. But if we put that aside and just talk about the football, um, it, it's phenomenal what they keep producing. And you've heard players on both sides and managers even hint at it, almost saying. It's no disgrace in finishing seconds or finishing a runner-up to this side. And that's not maybe what football fans want to hear. But I understand why they're saying it, because it is that psychology. It's the thing about, you know, what the other team's doing, except when you play them and you go head-to-head. It's not in your control. You know, you're seeing Klopp saying, well, we don't know how it's going to go on Sunday and we could win or we could lose, but then there's still seven other games. And I think he's almost... Laying a bit of a farm. Not he's not he's not waving the white flag, but he's saying, listen, you know, anything can happen in that ninety minutes. They're a brilliant side, the world class, best team in the world. He keeps calling them, doesn't he, Jurgen? So we've got to be prepped for that, but equally we've got to be excited about it. it it's what you want. It, it, it's like you know, it's like in the best days of boxing, isn't it? When you've got two heavyweights and there's nothing between them, and they go out in the ring, and everyone's in the pub, everyone's in front of the TV sets, everyone can't wait for it. That's what Sunday feels like. The sideshow to the football on the pitch is is the Pep versus Klopp element of it all. How, how much has that sort of rivalry evolved and how much have the managers evolved, Ollie, over the space of, what, five years? Well, writing the article I was we've run today, it felt when Guardiola came to England in, in 2016, Klopp had been at Liverpool for, what, nine months or so then. So he, he had a bit of a head start in terms of time massive handicap in terms of squad he inherited and budget and so on. Back then, you would have said that Guardiola's rivalry over the next few years was going to be with Conte at Chelsea or with or with Mourinho at Manchester United. They were, they were the clubs that had the better foundations. They were the clubs that had um, that were spending big in the transfer market and Conte and Pogba and Lukaku and all these big players that came and Conte, great for Chelsea. But but what I'm trying to say is that, is that Man City have blown those teams away in the first in the first place, and Liverpool are the ones who have caught up with City at times, overhauled them at times, sort of neck and neck, and you know an awful lot of it is down to Klopp, who is just a phenomenon. As is Guardiola, they are two incredible managers. I've had people on my Twitter timeline this morning, Liverpool fans damning Guardiola, saying he's a fraud because he's only he's not won the Champions League. City fans saying Klopp's a fraud. He's only won two domestic trophies. It's a disgrace. That's shocking. It is incredibly ignorant. Look, I know people want to, you know, rose tinted glasses or blue tinted glasses, and and just only see their own team. But they are two incredible teams, two incredible managers, and it's going to be an incredible game on on Sunday. I would say it's the biggest Premier League game in in years, quite frankly, because we've not we've not had many. Really good title races, and when we have, like in 2018-19, Liverpool and City met much earlier in the campaign. The you know the second meeting was was in January. It didn't feel like a title decider at the time, although it probably ended up as one. But this one feels like look, it's not going to settle the the title, but it's going to go a long way towards doing so. And it's you know it, it's just enormous, enormous game. Fourteen points behind in January, Gareth. I'm not having you telling me for one minute that you even vaguely believed anything was possible at that point in time. I, I can remember us doing shows and talking about it, and we, we were saying, you know, we had two games in hand, didn't we? When it was fourteen points, so you know, we were we were saying, well, we can win them, and we can see, 
Um, but you know they've they've won every game since then in the league, haven't they? Liverpool since it went to that fourteen points, ten games in, on the spin, and that's what's reeled them in. There was a couple of contributors I would say who, who who are probably crowing about it a lot now, saying they you know they did say there's still a chance, there's still a chance. I was cynical. I've got to be honest with you. At that time, I was like, look, it's it's just too far back. You know, it requires slip ups from City. You know, they just keep winning, and and you know. It, the, the media ends up seeping into your mind. That's what the media does, isn't it? And, you know, I look back this week at what everyone was writing then and, you know, to a man pretty much, every, every media outlet was saying, that's it, it's done. You know, Devon Lock was used and, and all that kind of stuff. It was like, you know, there's no way City throw it away. Um, you know, there was another piece that talked about it. It was supposed to be a three-way fight for the title between City, Liverpool and Chelsea. Now it's just City. All of those things were written and said. And now here we are talking about Liverpool with every chance of winning the title. And it's unbelievable. The, cons- the consistency from Liverpool, the way Liverpool have won, the different types of way Liverpool have won. I mean, you know, there's, there's an argument to say that, I don't know, maybe last month or so, Liverpool haven't been playing that well. But they've just ground the, the results out. They've found a way and they've constantly found a way. And they've obviously been a lot better defensively and relied more on the defence when traditionally people talk about Liverpool's attack and the quality of the attack. So, But that's a good thing, obviously. It's always the mark of good sides, isn't it? That they, they just find a way. They just dig in. They, they do something special in those little moments in a match and they win it and it's done and then they close it out. And that's kind of how we did it. Last time we won the league, you know, not every performance then was champagne football by any stretch it was the digging in it was the the mental fortitude it was the attitude and all that seems to be there again right now and like I say I, I don't know I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the psychology of it all I know I mentioned it earlier but I'd love to know what's being getting said behind the scenes at both City and Liverpool I think it's, it's interesting how much the word Liverpool falls off tongues of City's manager and City's players, even when they're not asked about Liverpool, they can't help it. They're talking about us. And I just think the psychology of closing that gap right down, Steve, like you just said, who thought at 14 points Liverpool would be bring it all the way back to one and make it almost like a cup final going to City this weekend? I would say not a lot. And probably that includes City's manager, City's players. And I thought the Palace game was interesting, City's game at Palace. I was watching their players and watching the manager. I thought the Bruyne looked really like angry and you know he was kicking off on other players and things like that. You know, he looked at Guardiola and he, he very weirdly didn't use any of his substitutes, which I thought was so odd in the circumstance. It was almost like was he making a point to his players by doing that? I don't know. But I thought it was great because I thought, you know, is that little cracks? Is that is it getting to you? Is the pressure getting to you? And like I say, I, I would say, and obviously I'm a Liverpool fan, but I would say the pressure is all on City here. Because when you've had 14-point leads, you should be putting it away. You should be winning the league. You could be, you should be streaking off into the distance. And they've allowed us in. You know, they've, they've dropped points. Liverpool have been perfect in this little period to get, it, to get it back. And now, what a game we've got. It's got to be in their heads, hasn't it, Ollie? The players' heads. That gap and the way it's been shot and the reality of this neck-and-neck thing now. Yeah, and if you, I mean, you talk about losing a 14-point lead, and obviously they played two games more at the time, but to say losing a 14-point lead, you'd, you'd imagine a team would have to capitulate. And City haven't done that. They lost one game, and they've drawn two at uh, Southampton and Palace, which, you know, they're the type of result. I mean, it's the type of run which in the past, and, you know, in the 90s and the 2000s, that would be considered a, a really good run. You're not going to 
squander a lead doing that. But similar to you know, when Liverpool were perceived to have had a, a blip in what, February, March 2018-19 when they just drew a couple of games and that, that ended up costing them because the level of the opponent was so high and they were so relentless and they, they weren't putting their foot wrong. And that's that's what Liverpool have done the last 10 games or so to turn that deficit into you know one that is what do we say cigarette paper uh you know it's a point going into this um into this game on on sunday you know liverpool win it's it's a two point lead that to me was unthinkable back in january because i didn't see city dropping enough points and i didn't see liverpool going on this kind of run i think it's been i thought liverpool showed a bit of vulnerability in the first half, half of the season poor defending sloppiness you know the brentford game the brighton game the chelsea games which they probably should have won from, from the circumstances that, that they got themselves into. But Liverpool, the last two, three months, I mean, they, they are the form team. The momentum is with them. And a draw is not a bad result by any means on, on, on Sunday. But, you know, if it, was, if it was 1-1 with 10 minutes to go, you can imagine Klopp would be the one making changes to try and go and win, and win the game. And I think City in those circumstances might try and hold on to what they've got. Right, so where, where do you see it, Gareth? A, a win, obviously, Liverpool are firmly in it. Pep almost said if Liverpool win, then then they're out of it, didn't he? A defeat, a Liverpool out of it? Or, or, or are we all getting too carried away? I don't know. The perfection that both are currently serving up would suggest that there aren't going to be too many slip-ups from here on in. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think if you look at the run-ins as well, Liverpool's looks a little bit more difficult than, than Man City's. Um, you know, we've got... The traditional rivals, Man United and Everton. I mean, I, I'm not particularly worried about those two. I've got to be honest. I think we've got more than enough to to, to put both of those to bed. We, we've shown that already this season. Everton continue to capitulate, it and you know, Man United don't look great either. But they are names, and there is something right. You know, there is something a little bit different about those fixtures. Certainly, t- traditionally, Tottenham's the one that you know worries me a little bit because they seem to be finding a bit of form. They're playing well. Kane and Son are doing what Kane and Son do at the very best. So, you know, you could see them potentially causing us problems where when you look at, you know, what City have got, it's what Brighton, Watford, Newcastle, Villa, Leeds, West Ham and Wolves. There's not many in there that you'd be like, well, I can see them slipping up. I think if City get out of this and they're still in the lead, I think they probably go on and win it. I think Liverpool have got to go... I personally think Liverpool have got to go there and win it. Totally agree with Ollie as well that, you know, that would be the mindset as well. They won't be going there and settling for a draw. I think they'll go there and go, Let, let's have no regrets about this. Let's absolutely go for it. And and to be honest with you, that's when Liverpool are at the best anyway. You know, the, the record against City's not been the best in recent times. But if we go back to when we knocked them out the Champions League and, you know, it was all fast starts in the face causing them problems, leaving them a little bit bamboozled, leaving them looking round at each other going, whoa, what's happening here? And I think it will be that kind of performance that, that Klopp will be hoping for and I will be hoping for uh, from Liverpool. I don't see us going all sort of cagey or you know trying to do like what, what Atleti Madrid did against them. It, it, it just doesn't really feel in our locker. It, we're better playing the emotional football. We're better you know, going out there and saying, this is our chance to win the league, lads. It's all on this. Go out there, leave nothing, you know, leave no regrets. Go out, get in the faces, see what you can get. Obviously, City are good enough to cope with that, by the way. I mean, you know, you think about the other game, the return fixture earlier in the season. City kept the ball a lot. And it, and it was, you know, they're very, very good at, at that, of course they are. Because I, I think from our point of view, you know, doing the Anfield app, we're, we're talking about Liverpool day by day. And we're talking about quadruples and we're talking about what an amazing season this could be. And you, you very rarely look at it from the other point of view and go, 
Well, they're after what fourth title in five seasons. They they've got a they could possibly win the treble. You know, their fans, their management, they they've got all their dreams still on the line as well. So that's what makes it all so intriguing. You, you can literally write two different stories about it. Um, you can tell two different titles, and you know, some something will come of it Sunday. And hopefully it is a Liverpool win. And I think Liverpool will be doing everything they can to win it. I don't think there'll be any caginess from the Reds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is the Oli the, the city priority still firmly? We've got to win the Champions League. They're desperate to win it as, as a club and, and as a group of players, and obviously the manager who hasn't won it since 2011, when you know he won it twice in his first three seasons as a manager and hasn't won it since. They are desperate to win it, but they are desperate to win the Premier League. You go back to 2019 again, I keep harking back to it, but they were not sort of diluting their Premier League title challenge just because. You know, they they'd won Premier League titles before just because you know they were desperate to win the Champions League. They were and are desperate to retain the Premier League. I, th- I think when it comes down to it, day by day, week by week, that desperation to hold on to their title takes over. I think that that sort of they don't really go resting players for the Champions League game a few da- a, a few days later. He rotates his squad quite a lot, but they've got a huge game in in the Champions League in in Madrid next Wednesday. Their their tie is much more in the balance than Liverpool's, but. Guardiola will put everything into the Liverpool game on Sunday, and I, and I think, yeah, there'll be times when he'll rotate. But they are desperate. They are desperate to win the the Premier League. I, I think. I mean, they they know that if they win on Sunday, they will be absolutely in the driving seat to win the Premier League again. Whereas winning the Champions League today, I I could see a situation where City win the Premier League and Liverpool win the Champions League again. Like you know, like like 2019. It feels like that is probably more likely than the other way around at the moment, but we shall see. But it's in the same way that going for the Premier League in 2019 didn't stop Liverpool going for the Champions League. I don't see City diluting their Premier, their Premier League challenge just to focus on Europe. Both teams are too hungry for that. You see, at, at this moment, you want everything, don't you? But Gareth, in all honesty, if it came down to it and you ended up with the Champions League and, and the League Cup, you'd be over the moon, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course you would. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely fine, by the way, to talk up quadruple chances and things like that. I'm not <laughs> one of these fans that's like, well, what if it all ends up egg on your face? It's no way to live that. Enjoy it while it's a possibility. Talk up the possibility. Say that this could be the, the you know, the greatest season of our lives, uh, not least because of what Liverpool are able to do still at this stage of the season, but also, you know, possibilities over the park, shall we say. So it, it, it could be an incredible time to be a, a Liverpool fan and, and that sort of journey that we're on at the moment it's a great thing to wake up to every day so I haven't even thought about the pos- possibilities of, of less if you like I'm still on the quadruple you're still on the four yeah I'm still, I'm still wanting the four I'm still wanting the lot I'm still dreaming of the lot and you know as the games come down if you like and the figure gets less and less what we've a- actually got to play and you look at who's in form and you look at you know the injury situation looks quite 
rosy touchwood at the moment for Liverpool. You've got players emerging as well who are starting to do bits. You know, I think we're going to talk about Naby Keita on this. You know, he's one of them where you're like, well, if he can come in and start doing, you know, playing like he was the other night, brilliant. What a time to come alive in his Liverpool career. You've got Harvey Elliott who's out the picture a little bit at the moment, but could come back in. I still feel like there's a big Divock Origi moment left somewhere in the season as well. Because uh, it's it's likely his last season at Liverpool. We all love him. He's a he's a cult hero, and he he, he pops up with those moments, doesn't he? And I, I look at the fixtures, look at what's coming up, and I just think there's surely a little moment for Divi in here somewhere where once again he can do do his bit and, and continue to seal his status as a cult hero. There's a derby coming up, isn't there? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> he, he might be involved in it. This. Uh... This Liverpool squad, it's phenomenal now, isn't it? A couple of seasons ago, Ollie, you'd have said the City squad was better as a whole. The Liverpool squad now, it's, it's a fair enough argument to say it is a better squad as a whole. Yeah, I think it's become that, yeah. Even going into this season, I, I think I said that City had a stronger, deeper squad. And, I, you know, you look at the, the numbers and it's not true now because, you know, City have since then, they've lost Benjamin Mendy for reasons we won't go into. They've lost Ferran Torres or they've sold Ferran Torres, which, you know, is, that's their choice. That's two bodies down from a fairly, you know, relatively tight knit squad that they went into the season with. Liverpool have, having been very reliant on maybe 14, 15 players the last three, four, five years, have added more quality. You look at people like Simicast, you look at Elliot and Jones emerging, you look at people like Origi and Minamino still sticking around and, and doing bits, and you look at Canate sharing the workload in central defence. And you look at Diaz and Jota coming on in an attack, whereas people would talk about the front three and then maybe a bit of a wild card joker type figure like um, Origi. Beyond that, it's now just an array of options. Salah, Mane, Firmino, Jota, Diaz. You pick any three from them at any point in any game. To me, that is a stronger squad. Those are stronger options than City have got. I don't say that means Liverpool should win the league because there are other things that are in City's favour, but it's a hell of a position to be in. And I think if you ask a City fan, what what are they worried about? They would probably worry, A, about Liverpool and B, about maybe not having as many game-changing options from the bench as Liverpool have. And as Gareth mentioned at the, the Palace game the other week, he, he didn't he didn't make changes. And in, in the games where they've, they've struggled to make that early breakthrough, he's not made a lot of changes, which suggests that he's not, Guardiola is not as convinced by the depth of the squad options as perhaps Klopp has been able to become. It's it's so quietly over the last twelve months or so Liverpool have ended up with the um, the stronger, deeper squad, I think. Now quite a few Liverpool fans have been kicking off Gareth about the match officials being from uh, from Manchester, Anthony Taylor and uh, and on VAR, Paul Tierney. I suppose there is a case to be annoyed about the Paul Tierney one, given that Jurgen Klopp has has publicly (laughs) named and shamed him. And you do wonder why that's in case. But could could it almost play into Liverpool's hands in the sense that these officials won't want to be seen to do anything extreme or controversial? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I I think for all that, you know, the officials will constantly tell you how professional and prepared they are, and no doubt they are. I think when they retire and they talk about, you know, things that got in their heads and how it felt to manage certain games and stuff like that, it it does get to them and they they do hear the noise. There's there's no two ways about that. Um, And and you've got this situation now where every media outlet, it feels, 
is is employing an ex-official who's you know going through videos and or, or he's on an earpiece or he's writing a column or whatever it might be and everything is dissected so much around what they do I, you know you literally got like sections in the paper on a monday where it's like you know ex-ref says whether this was right or this was wrong or explains a decision or whatever it might be so yeah the scrutiny on them is going to be unbelievable and i don't really know why they've put themselves in that situation to be honest i'm sure you know in in their organization they can work out that if you put those two in charge of this fixture people will have something to say about it so all you've done is put what exactly what you're saying steve you've put them under immense pressure now everyone's going to be watching them doubly hard and saying oh well you did that because you're a monk you, you know you did that because you didn't want the scousers to win the league whatever and you know why would you want why would those individuals want that because there's other referees, there's, there's other officials that they could have just appointed and they just wouldn't put themselves in this position. It it does seem strange. I mean, I, I don't think what I've just said is a thing, by the way. I don't think they will be there going, ah, scouters, they're not going to win. <laughs> we, won't, we won't give them that decision. But it, it leaves you open to that criticism, doesn't it? So why put yourself in that place? Ollie, is there an explanation as to why they've chosen these two? They believe that they're, well, they believe that Taylor is a good referee. I don't think he's the best referee in the Premier League, but that they believe he's a he's a good referee and a reliable one for a big game. I, I would put Michael Oliver as a much better. You know, I think he's by far the best. I, I would have wanted to see him. I think in in this game, but I just think it's it feels an unnecessary risk in terms of perception if something goes wrong for either team. To be honest, to have a referee from Manchester. I mean, you're not saying he should never referee. A Manchester City game or a Manchester United game because that, that that would dilute his his job opportunities and work opportunities dramatically in the in the Premier League. But it's it's on such a big game, such a decisive game. As I said, the you know the what is probably the biggest Premier League game in in years and years and years. It does feel a bit, if I say questionable. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not particularly questioning it, but I, I can understand why people are. So why, as Gareth said, what you know, why why take that risk? But I mean, is, isn't it? An accepted fact that all uh, qualified referees grow up as supporters of, you know, Altrincham and um, uh, <laughs> uh, God, if Altrincham knew how many, uh, if Altrincham had this many boyhood supporters, you wonder why they're still in non-league. They should be one of the biggest brand brands in world football. Every, every manager from the northwest, every referee from the northwest, seems to support Altrincham when they were growing up. But um, makes you wonder whether Altrincham gets some queer decisions in, in their games. But it's. Um, I hope it's not a talking point. I'm not really one for refereeing conspiracy theories or slating referees or questioning their integrity. And I, I don't think I don't think there's a place for that. But I just think in, in terms of perception, I think it might be pretty unhelpful. Right. Another big shout out for Ollie's piece, which is excellent. Sort of charts the path of uh, Pep and Jurgen Klopp um, and how the two teams have risen immeasurably under their leadership. And don't forget, if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can read all the articles on Liverpool, everything else on the site. If you go to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod, special price right now, £1 a month for six months. That's theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. Now here's Keita. All the way through, can Diaz get there? The goalkeeper hesitated, it could be a fatal mistake, it is! Liverpool have a third and they have a crucial two-goal buffer to take to Anfield. Quick mention for the Champions League game, first leg against Benfica. That that late goal from Luis Diaz uh, has certainly weighted it heavily now in Liverpool's favour, Gareth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought Liverpool were pretty good on the night, to be fair. Uh, and I was a bit worried that, you know, because we conceded the goal and it looked perhaps tighter than it was... 
that that would sort of feed a little bit of a narrative around oh well you know they've messed it up a little bit but you know the Diaz goal put put the shine back on it really and and look it was just it was just a, a one off mistake wasn't it you know I think across the course of the game Liverpool have eight eight statistically eight big chances so that shows you the the dominance there was one for Benfica which is the one they scored and it and, you know and that came from. A, a mistake that Canate probably never make again. Touch of the true worries about that one, wasn't there? But he, he then went made up for it. To be fair, I thought he had a good game overall, and it, you know, he, you could see he almost wanted. He was charging round. He was closing down. You know, in their half, you know, closing down fullbacks and all kinds of things. After that, you know, he was desperate to make up for it. Yeah, and I, I thought overall, you know, you could see that Liverpool were a much better side and more than backers to get the job done at Anfield. The only argument really is to say they should have already been out of sight, maybe. But but three ones absolutely fine. Where's your hotel in Paris, Gareth? Have you booked it? Not yet, mate. No. Um, oh, that's. I'm not one of. No, no, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I, I'm. I'll just sort of leave it to the very last minute and just find some way to get there. Is what I'll I'll intend on doing. I know there are these people who are just ultra prepared and are buying flights and hotels for every possible destination all the way through Champions League campaigns. But no, I've never been one of them. I'm a bit like Gareth, like to dream, Ollie. So the idea of maybe uh, Real Madrid, Liverpool in Paris, Reds, Whites, 1981. 1981. Hey, yeah, yeah. Could, could happen, couldn't it? Yeah, uh, I, I was I was watching that Liverpool boot room documentary that's on BT Sport the other day, and brilliant. And, and they were they were they were saying that um, they were talking to Alan Kennedy and Jimmy Case was saying how um, Alan Kennedy shoehorns that into um, every. Every conversation is winning goal in Paris against Real Madrid. I think Alan Kennedy might be a man in demand if, if, if that happens. But it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, look, you, you get. I mean, look, Real Madrid. It's one of many possibilities. But you look at Liverpool reached the Champions League final against Real Madrid four years ago. You know that was that was sort of almost the start of the journey for Liverpool, and the progression in the team since then has has been. Incredible, barring a, a sort of a two-month horror show, they've barely dipped in in four years. If it wasn't for that pesky Manchester City, they they would have an awful lot more than one Premier League title to show for it. And it's coming down to those two again. It's it's a huge game on Sunday, and and two utterly outstanding teams as as we've mentioned. And um, it feels uh, yeah, it feels like um, it's going to be a big one. We'll finish the pod with a with a celebration of Liverpool women. And Matt Beard's side uh, went to Bristol City, needing just um, a point to seal the title. They did it. Brilliant scenes of celebration. And from what we're hearing, you know, they've taken quite a lot of encouragement and support, Gareth, from the men's side of the club as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like it's it's back as being one again, which I think is obviously what, what you want to hear. It's literally a club, and a club is something you're part of. And I think for a while... Uh, certainly little bits and bobs I heard. It was felt like they were sort of cast aside a little bit for a while, obviously dropped into the lower league. Um, and, you know, th- that should be a little bit embarrassing, I think, for Liverpool with the resources Liverpool have got. And I think some of that resources has gone back into the side. Uh, Matt Beer came back, the back up. You know, they should be in the top league. They are now in the top league. There's talk of a, a, their own training ground, I think, now, and training facilities and things like that. And when you hear the players talking now, they're, they're talking about the feel part of things. And like I say, little hints I got here and there not so long back was that it wasn't really that way. So it, it feels like Liverpool have, have righted the wrong. Um, they, they've done brilliantly to get back up. And yet, all looking forward and all looking rosy around that now. Let, let's just hear... 
quickly from Rachel Laws, who's the uh, Liverpool women's goalkeeper, who's been talking to the Athletics Women's Football Podcast about that success, the promotion and the support from the men's side of the club. I think the game has evolved so much that the club needs to adapt as well, the men's side. And I think they have, you know, there was an interview that Jürgen did, I think only yesterday, and we have his full support and we have the club's full support. And, you know, there's talk of a new training ground. We're now included in all the sponsorship deals that the men are now including, which which is fantastic for us. And, you know, speaking to people on the men's side and people behind the scenes, we are fully backed. And I think now is the right time to do it. You know, we're in such a good place on and off the pitch. Like I said, the new training grounds in talks and that's absolutely massive for us. I think where we are at the moment, Sola, it's, it suits us. But I think, you know, going to our own place, it sets a precedent, you know, for, for teams going forward as well, not just Liverpool. And it's a big, big step in the right direction. And and like I said, you know, little things that people don't see, like sponsorship deals that we're now equal with with the men. And, you know, little things like that for us go a really long way. But we are so well looked after. I know you, you know you know you still get the the keyboard warriors who, you know the men don't support us and things like that. But I can assure you they do. And like I said, the interview that Klopp did it speaks volumes. And I think you know when the club follow through on that, which which you will see that the will and you know it's a big step and stone in the right direction. And, and long may it continue. Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening to the pod today. Superb stuff from uh, from Ollie. Make sure you read his article. Brilliant charting uh, the way that Liverpool and Manchester City have grown under Pep and Jurgen Klopp. Thanks to Gareth, uh, of course, from the Anfield Raps and great pods on there at the moment as well. Uh, thank you for listening to the Red Agenda. Can't wait for Sunday. I'm sure you can as well. We'll reflect on it next week on the Red Agenda. Red Agenda.